Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Koji. I am uh, Liam Koji, and I'm here with uh, my friend Alex. Hi again! It's me! With <laughs> <laughs> my most consistent uh, guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on uh, on both podcasts. Um, <laughs> but this is the first episode of Koji in a while, because I didn't know what quite what to do with it. Um, although I do have more of an idea and I'll talk to you about that later, but, um, no. So I thought that this would be a good time to sort of pick up, um, because when this goes up today marks the year, um, the year anniversary of, um, somebody trying to kill me. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. The, the most dramatic breakup I've ever had. I was not able to break up with him yeah. when it happened either. So that was another fun dynamic. Although, we'll get into how I broke up with him because honestly, it was a little bit worth it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's funny because you and I were going through breakups literally around the same time. Yeah, but you, were the f- you broke up with your ex around the time that I broke up with... Um, should I say his name or should I just leave it at B? I, I say leave it B. Uh, okay. When who, he who is not named. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I don't... I mean, it's obvious who it is. I've only really had like one serious relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's a little obvious. So if you know, you know. And if you don't, scroll back about a year on my Instagram and you'll know. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't delete anything. Um, because I, I didn't really delete like any of the photos in my phone or anything. Cause like, as like triggering as it can be to see pictures of us together, mm-hmm. looking happy because honestly, like 90% of the time in those pictures where I'm smiling or like, I look happy, like there's pain behind the eyes because yeah. quite frankly, the entire relationship was pretty abusive. Yeah. Um, you were spared from that. Most of our friends weren't. Um, yeah. You never saw the fight. I never saw the... I never saw the... Yeah, I definitely never saw, like, the... The ugly ugly. Like, you mentioned it to me afterwards. Um, and Or you mentioned it to me towards almost the... When you guys were about to... Essentially end your relationship. But there was a moment where you, like... You ended it and you went back... And then you started yeah. telling me around there, but then you had gone back. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to be as supportive as I can. Um, but I, I figured it was headed down that direction uh, of, you know, you leaving at one point. And I mean, I'm glad you did, uh, but yeah, I remember. So for context, um, I had broken up with the ex, I want to say towards the beginning of May of 2022. Mm-hmm. Because it happened before I um it happened before DragCon because I would not have been able to go to DragCon if it so yeah it was like the first week of May. When did and you go I, to I Europe? Because been... I remember so you went was... to Europe around the time that I went or before you went before I did, right? No, after. Um, because you went okay. in like June, right? I went in June for work, and I remember you were, like, going after it, but you guys hadn't yeah. broken up officially then, right? No. Okay, okay. Um, 
so we'll actually get into that okay but the first time we broke up was the first week of may okay of 2022 i got back together with him three to four weeks later mm-hmm. um and the reason i got back with him was because i missed the dog mm. <laughs> cute it was a cute dog it's a cute dog yeah well okay <laughs> actually well we'll talk about this off but i yeah. had a dream and that dream makes me believe certain things about the situation um yeah but i sound like a crazy person anyway but um no we got back together and like actually when we did get back together we actually started talking about getting married really did he propose it or did you he was the one who brought it up okay i said if we make it six months let's talk about engagement yeah um and then pretty shortly after we got back together, I ended up moving in with him because of other circumstances. Right. Um, which I can't super talk about because it's, let's say, sensitive. Yeah, of course. Because um, I've talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, so then we got back together. Things went fine. So we got back together Memorial Day weekend. Our first outing together again was Pegasus Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. and then after that we um and then we had like the two prides and that went well but we had like a few fights in between then because he had also like already started like dating people and it hadn't even been a month since we broke up he did yeah yeah and so like that made me feel very disposable yeah um because like honestly like i haven't seriously dated anyone since and it's been a year yeah it'll be a year it'll officially be a year next july yeah or not next july like next month yeah um i want to say it was around june or july 8th because i very specifically remember the moment that i broke up with them um because it was a little unhinged and honestly, when I get too depressed about the situation, I remember how I broke up with them, and it makes me a little bit happier. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I think I remember. Um, no, you did tell me. So... You, yeah, you know, you did tell me, right? You told me. I yeah. did. I was. I probably texted you about it about six hours later because of the time difference. But um. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. I remember now. Um. <laughs> so we uh. So, but anyway, and. After we got back together, we ended up having a threesome with one of his friends, which became, like, one of our friends. Mm -hmm. And then he became convinced that this friend was obsessed with me. Which, like, I didn't think so. He was always insecure, because the people that we met together, I ended up building stronger relationships with. Mm -hmm. But it's... And those situations, it always really has to do with the fact that, like, because it's something that I see on my end as a single person making friends with couples. It really just sort of depends on, like, who is most interactive, who's more online, like, who is, who are you talking to more? Right. And so, like, if I'm, like, talking to people more and building those relationships, of course, I'm going to have a bit of a stronger relationship with people. And so he would notice that, like, in group chats, like, he was talking to me a bit more, and it's just, like... I'm the one texting and responding. I'm texting him independently. I'm, like, messaging him on Instagram. Like, we're interacting. Yeah. And, like, he was still more the ex's friend than mine. 
you know, like they knew each other first, like it was a thing. And I was just sort of entering that dynamic and like trying to be like a friendly person. And apparently like that friendliness read wrong to him. Mm. Um, which I mean, also like the friends that he made when we were broken up are all like drug addicts. One of them I've literally never seen not on coke. Like literally every time like we would go to his place to, like head out because they lived like down the street. It was always let's do a line before heading out. Yeah. And then we we're out. It's like, bump, 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 bump. <laughs> like I've, I've never done that much. Like, I probably shouldn't be talking about my own drug use, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have my shits together during the week. It's fine. Um, and then like the friend that he thought was obsessed with me. I mean, we went over there for a movie night on a Thursday. And he's over here doing fucking 2C, um, which is a drug popular in Colombia. I'm not sure how much it's permeated the U.S. yet. It's called 2C? But it's like, yeah, it's like Molly and an antidepressant, I think. Jeez, that sounds intense. Nah, it's a nice little smooth little. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's nothing, it's not... It's not like it's less intense than a pill. Got it. Um. But uh. No, you know. I'm a very like free and open person. Like, if you catch me on the weekends, I'm doing whatever. Yeah. You know, because it's an appropriate time and place. I'm, you know. Doing things on a dance floor. Yeah. With a bunch of other people around me, I'm not on like a random weeknight watching a movie doing bumps of 2C and K. Right. That, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, um, so it's like, you know, sometimes during the week things pop up, like if you're out. But again, you're out. You're in a social situation. Like you're in a larger social context. You're not like at home just doing it for the sake of doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, now I get it. So, it's sort of like... Which is like another sort of dynamic. So, where things went south was... um, We were out on a Friday night, and we came home early-ish with that friend. And so, like, anyone who knows me knows that when I drink, I get really fucking tired. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Enter the uppers. Um, But, uh... So we were watching Drag Race. I fell asleep. And our friend happened to be sitting in between us. A good, like, it was at least, like, two feet away from me. There was no contact contact happening or anything like that. Um, and I wake up, and dude is, like, flipping me off. And I was like, the fight started before our friend had left. And then after our friend left... I tried to remove myself from the situation. I tried to go to sleep. He wouldn't let me sleep. And then, like, a physical fight broke out. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm completely innocent there. Yeah. Um, Because, like, when someone pins you down and just starts fucking, like, pounding on your face, like, at least for me, all bets are off. Well, yeah, you have to, f- you have to defend yourself. And then you he know? picked up the dog as a fucking shield. Like... This oh, is that's not a good person. that's that's not good. Yeah, that that's you don't use an innocent you don't animal 
yeah you don't bring especially because he had been in his like hiding spot like he was in a safe space he was safe from any of the physical altercation yeah and it's sort of a chicken shit thing to do a like but on top of that like bringing like an an innocent animal into a physical altercation that you started right what 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 is wrong with you what can I ask? What was the like underlying like thing he was telling you when he when he woke you when it, when you woke up right like well because I know you said he started flipping you off but like was there something like that was like that he kept saying or repeating that was like triggering him right anyway like in any you know um not really like I don't I genuinely don't know what the deal was I yeah. think. I think it just sort of was predicated on this idea that, like, I, that this friend was obsessed with me. Yeah. And I think that he felt threatened by this person. Because on top of that, like, we'll get into it, but there was another friend of mine, like, there were a few friends of mine that he felt threatened by. Mm-hmm. And they were all fucking weird choices. One lives across the fucking country, another one, and two of them live in fucking Europe. Yeah. Like what are you being threatened by? Like, what is threatening our relationship here? Literally nothing. If anything, it was actually him <laughs> threatening your relationship because he was having anxiety about something that wasn't there, you know? Or he was secure about something that yeah. wasn't there. Well, I mean, he is one of the most insecure people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the problems was with our relationship, like throughout the relationship was like, you need to get these insecurities in check. And whenever I brought it up, if I called him insecure, I was calling him a name. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not, call- I'm not, this isn't name calling. This is like a legitimate problem when we're out, you're consistently having problems and you feel left out of a conversation that you're not being left out of. You're just not contributing to. Yeah. You can't stand there with a look on your face and be surprised when people aren't talking to you. And there's only, like, one instance where I can sort of understand it because this person and I were speaking in French, which he doesn't speak. Yeah. But even then, it was, like, just sort of innocent. Like, and we... It was in line to get into chapel, and once we got in, like, I didn't talk to him again. And he just, like, came up and said hi later on and, like, fucking lost it. And it was, oh, whoops, um, we're bleeping his name out. Um, I knew I'd have a slip up. I'm taking this. Um, <laughs> You're like, time, time of slip up this time. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, also it's not my fault you don't speak French. I've been trying to get you to learn. Yeah. Um, cause I was also trying to get him to come with us to Europe because also like the friend he was threatened by in Paris, like, was sort of the biggest cheerleader of our relationship. Interesting. Ironically. Yeah, because I would go to him. He's... So my friend in Paris is, like, a bit of an emotional rock for me. Yeah. In a way that his French ass, like, will never understand. <laughs> Aww. Because, <laughs> like, he doesn't get it. Because, like, honestly, like, he got me through the first part of COVID. Like, yeah. I was full-on fucking losing it, and he... I was nocturnal i was up talking to him a lot um and like he really did help keep me sane and like i went to him with a lot of problems that i was having in the relationship because he has more experience in relationships than i do um 
and when I came to another problem, it's like, he clearly really likes you. Like, you need to sort of work through this. Like, you're not, he's not having these emotions because, like, he's antagonizing you or anything. Like, he's having these reactions because he cares. Yeah. Um, and so it's ironic that he felt threatened by this friend and he thought this friend didn't respect our relationship when literally, like, anytime I went to him with the problem, he understood what I w- where I was coming from, but he also tried to reframe things for me to understand where the ex was coming from yeah um but yeah after the fight well actually the fight was still going on but i tried to leave and he grabbed me and he tried to throw me over a second story railing i remember that and after i was able to push him off he pinned me down and started repeatedly bashing my head into the ground oh my god i'm so sorry it's awful and like I remember really, like, thinking, so this is how I die. Yeah. I could start to feel my skull bending. Like, I could feel the trauma, like, the physical trauma. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm not processing anything emotionally. I'm, like, fight or flight mode. Like, how am I getting out of this? Yeah. Like, what what move do Um, I make to, like, maybe, like, I can get out of, like, because he had you pinned you he pinned you down at that point right yeah and like granted he's fucking weak physically like he's not there there's there's no muscle where there should be muscle there um (laughs) (laughs) i'm like doesn't he go to the gym (laughs) he does but like he does nothing he like meanders around the machine and then like poses. he's not doing anything meaningful oh okay got yeah <laughs> and he was like zero percent body fat so like it looks like he's like ripped because his abs yeah. are showing but like the abs are there because there's nothing else there yeah, yeah yeah um he has a weird body i recently like a picture came up there was a picture of us at a um branded weed event during pride mm. last year from behind we were taking a picture of can of like can the we drink um and the photographer came up behind us his body is fucking weird i guess that's why he's a top um that way you don't have to look at it um (laughs) 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 oh i i i mean i never i didn't notice i i guess i don't notice if people have weird bodies or not but you know i yeah, I I only I he'd always post a specific pose yeah. at the gym. So I was like, when you said that, I was like, wait, doesn't he go to the gym all the time? Because <laughs> he always posted gym yeah. stories. So. Um, and then, but no, so like when he had me pinned down, like one of the things I was able to get, so I was sort of on my side. Yeah. And the arm on top was sort of, I couldn't move it, but I was able to move the bottom one, which I couldn't really do anything with other than just sort of pad my head. Right, to protect it. Yeah. And then I, if I remember correctly, which like also at this point there's head trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it was the security guard that ended up breaking that part up. Yeah. His building security guard. Um, And like, honestly, like one of the shitty things about it is like one of his neighbors saw it happen. And when I said, when I was filing the restraining order, I was like, I need you to, I, I need you to like sign like a statement for me. And he wouldn't because he was afraid of the ex. Because mm-hmm. now this is two exes that this has happened with. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So his previous ex 
he broke three ribs I... after breaking into his home. After... So, I mean, like, this is sort of a pattern of behavior on mm. a lot of this. Is. So, he and his ex were at a bar on Cinco de Mayo. And they got into a similar fight, broke up. Like, it was a similar situation where they had just gotten back together. And the other ex before me drove home, to, went back home to Silver Lake. Yeah. Our ex went home, picked up the dog, drove drunk from West Hollywood to Silver Lake, broke into his home, and, like, beat the fucking shit out of him. Oh, my God. Um, And, like, I knew he had, like, forced his way into the into his ex's apartment, um, and that was what I was told the restraining order was over. I didn't know anything about the violence. If the, any violence had happened, I was under the impression that it was on the other ex's side. Mm-hmm. Um... And then it took me talking to the other ex after the fact, which I have now built up some level of relationship with both two, like the two exes before me. Mm-hmm. Um, that ex, I, you know, have like, we see each other out and we say hi and we message every once in a while. I've built up a bit of a friendship with the other one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, so, like, using the dog as a pawn and a shield and, like, you know, that sort of erratic, violent behavior is, like, on brand for him. Did you um, ever see it coming? Like, did you, like, when you guys first started dating, was that something that, it's, I mean, it seemed like, when I when I met them, but they seemed like a very calm person. So, when you started telling me all these things, I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I, well, that's, I, but I also only met them, like, twice. You know, so. Yeah. So that's sort of the thing about the dynamic of our relationship. He has a lot of feelings, but he's very quiet about those feelings. And so, like, when we're at a bar and he huffs off and starts a fight, I'm the crazy person and I'm abusive because I'm yelling at him, but nobody's seeing what led up to that point. Right. Because what led up to that point was him huffing and puffing and, like, running off, me having a chase after him, um you know the gaslighting going in circles like you know it's not he huffs and puffs and runs off and i'm yelling at him it's he huffs and puffs and runs off we get into this like circular argument because he's unable to admit anything yeah and so then it turns me into me yelling at him in the middle of the street at 1am in weho like yeah which again like is not off brand and like not for nothing like the violence happened with two people with two people that he was in a relationship with and two other people in his really that he has been in a relationship with have either thought about killing themselves or tried to kill themselves. Oh my god. Um and it's still like because he has does this thing where he'll also like make you feel like the absolute fucking worst person in the entire fucking world. Mhm. And so like when I tried to kill myself the November before last that was the first time, like, granted, I have a history of suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time in a year and a half that I had felt that way. Yeah. More than a year and a half. Yeah. And, like, my, I, like, had my diagnoses, I was on meds, like, I had everything well managed. And he was still able to push me over the ledge. Right. Um... Because the way that he allowed his friends to shoot me was unhinged. I I also remember that too. 
and then it always became while well, you're pushing my friends away i'm like your friends are like bullying me right like i'm sorry do you want me to like sit back and take like they were watching my social media to like try to instigate shit they were stirring shit all the fucking time and it was like at what point is like enough enough at what point are you like you can maintain your friendships i don't fucking care they are not coming anywhere near our relationship and if they overstep i have the right to fucking like confront them about it about it right and like honestly you shouldn't be allowing your friends to mistreat your partner because i didn't allow my friends to treat him that way right and whenever a problem arose with him and like one of my friends which is like you know was rare because honestly like i lost a lot of my friends during that relationship yeah one of like the difficulties coming out of that was the fact that a i was dealing with raging ptsd yeah um and b like i was left with no friends in la yeah um and like that's something that i still really haven't been able to fix a year on because really like i'm still in that place where i'm still sort of I mean, I've been talking to you over the last couple of weeks. Things have gotten, like, bad, like, coming up. And it's, like, we're still a year out. And, like, I'm still in a dark place. And that does come out when I'm trying, when I'm, like, trying to be social and make friends and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. it's still, like, that negativity and depression and anxiety and panic is, like, still coming out. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's, like, honestly been, like, one of, like, the most difficult things coming out of the relationship. It's like, okay, where am I at socially? Yeah. Um, which I've always had a bit of trouble building, like, meaningful relationships in L.A. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the ways that I make friends are, like, through sex and fisting and partying and this and that and the other. And it's, mm-hmm. like, a lot of these people have, like, their, their social life and their social groups are predicated on those, like, individual things. Right. I don't partake enough in those things and those things are not essential enough part of my life for me to build meaningful relationships. Yeah. And I have like one or two like people that I would call friends in each one of those groups, but Mm -hmm. like it's still sort of socially isolating when like, which is fair because like if you're inviting somebody to do something and they're consistently saying no, because they're doing something else. Right. You're not going to continue inviting that person. No. And, like, I get it. Like, I'm not acting like a victim, but I'm also just going to say, like, it's difficult when someone's inviting me to a fisting group and I'm going to, like, a circuit party or a warehouse party or I'm going to the bars or I'm going to a what have you or I'm going to a show. Yeah. You know, it's like, I get it. It's just also frustrating that, like, I'm, I can't find friends who, like, have broad inter- as broad interests as I do. No, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. It's like, it feels like the only time you can be social or you can spend time with certain people that you want to build a relationship is only through those channels that you're like, well, I don't really, that's not how I want to get to know you kind of a thing, right? Yeah, and I mean, like like I said, like I have like, a friend or two in each one of those spaces that I do, like, I would call a friend and I do do things with, like, outside of, like, let's call them group activities. Um, but 
I don't have like a social network in those spaces. Right. And, you know, but I lost like a lot of those friends and I lost a lot of those acquaintances and I lost a lot of the friendships that I was building post COVID because I was basically completely cut off from them by the ex. Right. And so I was forced to hang out with his friends who treated me like shit. And then they would like do something. They would like stir shit or tell lies about me or, you know, what have you. What do you think was the purpose of them doing that? Because you didn't, I know from what you've told me, you never really, like you interacted with them, but because they were Drew's friends, but like there was nothing that you ever did to them. So like, were they just being like that for the sake of being like that? I, you know, like that's one thing that like, I've always wondered as to why people they do didn't, that. They didn't like me because I didn't fit the mold of what they think like a normal person is. Okay. Um, so this is actually one of the things that he acknowledged early on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. He looked at my friends and he said, Oh, your friends are diverse. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> we live in LA. LA is a diversity. Right. You walk out the door and you talk to somebody and chances are, they're not going to look like you or come from the same background as you. Right. And that's one of the reasons that we live in LA or in your case, you live in New York. Like, right. Variety of experiences and backgrounds. Yeah. Is like, honestly, like one of the selling points of a city for me, at least. Um, his friends were all washed from the East coast that came from like relative wealth Mm. who had never experienced a single fucking consequence in their life, which is another part of that dynamic. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the minute I pushed back on their bullshit, it was like, again, I was a bad person because they had never had anybody hold them accountable for anything. And, you know, I'm also, you know, a little bit of a mess in that, like, I still not super figured out my direction in life yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and they sort of view that as being less than, Mm. and I think they were also sort of threatened by the fact that like when we were were having conversations, we were having intelligent conversations. I knew what I was talking about. And again, that didn't fit their idea of like somebody in my position. Mm. And so they wanted to have that sort of position of intellectual power over me that I didn't really let them have. Right. 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 Um, because I mean, I don't want to sound conceited, but I was also considerably smarter than a lot of his friends. Say Um, that again. Sorry. I was also considerably smarter than a lot of their friends. Oh. <laughs> than a lot of his friends. I mean, you are pretty. You are pretty smart. So I, I, I don't know his friends. I've never met them. Uh, I remember you showed me a picture once, and I was like, mm, you know. Well, because they all look fucking in- okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I something like that. <laughs> I mean, when you're from a rural town and on the East Coast, and there's yeah. only so many white people around, you know, there's going to be some overlap. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, but imagine they were all no. cousins. <laughs> I mean, honestly, well, one of them is from uh, a state that starts with M with a very small population. There's like. States that starts with M. Mississippi? On the East Coast. Maybe. Oh. Mm. 
There are like 10 people from so if I say it, it's going to be very obvious who I'm speaking to. But... Oh, got it, got it, <laughs> got it, got it. Um, they're from they're from Minnesota. <laughs> yes. No, that's rude to Minnesota. I like Minnesota. I've never been to Minnesota, but that's I've here, I've been to the airport and I know people from Minnesota and they're great. Um, Is that the Midwest, right? That's considered the Midwest. Eh, I don't know what the Midwest is anymore. Neither do I. It gets blurred out. Anyway, uh, yeah, it gets blurred um, out, and I, I'm just like, I don't know what's, I don't know what's what anymore. Um, um, I have a friend from Michigan, I think, and I still can never remember who, if he's from Michigan, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> they're all the same. They blur together. Yeah. Um, but then you also talk about like. Like, those states make sense together, but then you get into, like, Illinois and Ohio, and it's like, mm-hmm. do those fit with, like, Minnesota? I don't think so. No. Maybe weather-wise. Yeah. I went to Michigan once. Um, ew, why? I had to go there for work. But then I was like, I feel very <laughs> 8 Mile or Madonna. Madonna's from Michigan. I forgot about that. Yeah. She likes to pretend she's not, that she's from New York, but she grew up in Michigan. Also, before she went to New York, I'm like 90% sure she came to LA. I think she did. She tried to make it and then she couldn't make it and then she went to New York. And she has she family it. out here that my mom grew up with. Really? Ciccone? Yeah. The Ciccone family? The Ciccone family. Very Italian. Um, yeah. So she <laughs> she grew up with uh, one of her cousins. Um, but uh, no, so... Yeah, and, like, the my last year has really been sort of marked with the PTSD. Yeah. Um, Because I've been... Granted, like, other shit has happened. So, like, my grandmother nearly died a few months after that after the fight with the ex. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, even when I went to Europe, I had a few breakdowns. So, okay, let's go back to some context. Mm-hmm. After the fight... The morning after, I went with my mom to get my stuff out of his apartment. Um, And I walk in and there's a letter on the counter about how this fight isn't us and how we need to work it out and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Once you put and your hands on that, someone, I feel like that's all, all bets are off. And then that, in conjunction with what I knew happened with his ex, mm-hmm. I knew that I was not safe breaking up with him in LA. Right. I didn't feel safe. So I stayed with him until that was June 18th. And then I left for Europe on July 2nd. So that's what, like two-ish weeks? Yeah. But I stayed living with the person who tried to kill me. Yeah. It wasn't, Um, it wasn't, uh, I remember because it wasn't that far off that you got back together with him. Uh... I don't think you ever. I, I don't remember you ever saying like. I think it's just because I'm afraid to leave. I think it was after the fact that where you were in Europe that you were like I feel more comfortable. Now you you were more like at ease because you he was not near. So I. I can't. I immediately came up with a plan. Yeah. So the wheel started turning. I did not have a plan when I said yes. I'll stay with you. Right. Um, I knew that I needed some sort of plan of action. Right. Um, and so, like, during those, like, couple of weeks that I stayed with him, I 
would leave his apartment, get into my car, and start hyperventilating. Right. I was not doing well. I was having daily breakdowns, multiple breakdowns a day, like, um, and then trying to mask it and trying to, like, get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to, like, put up a front with him. Um, and also, not for nothing, he acknowledged the fact the next morning that he had tried to kill me, that he, like, that was the intention. Yeah. Uh, but he will still deny that to this day, if you right. asked him. Um, so, we had had a couple of fights early on after we got back together. Um, we were open, but and I knew that we were, I was going to Europe, and he was not comfortable with me hooking up with one of my friends in London and one of my friends in Paris. Mm-hmm. And I knew that one of my friends in pa- that the friend in Paris was really sort of like the main issue that he had. Mm-hmm. And, like, granted, I hadn't seen my friend in, like, three years, and I was going to be on the same continent as him, and so I was, like, there was no way in hell that, like, sex was not, not happening. Yeah. Um. So, while I'm in L.A., I'm slowly moving my clothes out of his apartment, because all my stuff mm-hmm. was there, because I'd been living with him. And I was doing it little by little, and I'm, like, oh, I want to have this at home, so that when I pack, like, I can... I have everything at my fingertips. I can sort of go from there and like that way I have everything. Bitch, I took everything out of his apartment. He didn't notice. <laughs> He's not right. Um, was he home a lot or was he working mostly when you were at home? Um, half and half. Okay. He, uh, I mean, there was maybe like an hour that I spent in his apartment without him a day. Got it. Okay. His work situation was very informal. Mm. He had, like, an actual, like, structured, stable employment job. Right. I worked more than him. Right. Um, so that should give you a bit of an idea of, like, what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the week before the incident... There was a spirit that I kept seeing. And I would see the spirit, and then the dog would start barking in the same spot that I saw. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like I sound like a crazy person because so many people just, like, don't believe in this stuff, but, like, I do. <laughs> um, especially when I had the confirmation of the dog barking in the same spot. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but. No, so this is where things get fun on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, about a week into the trip, and like at this point, like he had given me permi- he he had forbidden me from hooking up with this friend, and then by the time I was in Ireland, uh, facetiming him, he was like, "Do what you want, it's fine." Um, so I get to Paris, I meet up with my friend, uh, we go out, and then the next morning. I'm texting the ex, and he goes, oh, did you have fun? What'd you do? Blah, blah, blah. I lied about what I did because I wasn't going to tell him that I went to a sex club, but... um, <laughs> <laughs> he Wait, in Paris, which sex club was there in Paris? I'm trying to think of if I went to it. Um, I can guarantee you that you didn't. Okay. I went to I Rave. I know which two you... 
The one with I the... went there as well. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, wait, Rain? Yes. I went there, but I didn't go on, a like, a weekend night there. Oh, okay. I ended up going on a... Okay. I ended up going on a date with somebody in Paris, which yeah. is, like, a whole question mark. Um, whatever. <laughs> we went to Rain. And we went to get, like, a couple of drinks. Um, and it was, like, the Thursday before Bastille Day, so Paris is kind of dead. Yeah. Because Parisians will leave the city for Bastille Day. Like, none of them want to be there. Yeah. I assume it's the same for, like, D.C. Like, no one wants to be in their nation's capital on, like, their, like, national day. Right. Um, so, anyway. Which, also, that's a fun story. Um, that <laughs> night is a fun story. I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> let's just say, um, the next night in London, I went out on no sleep. Um, no but... sleep. Bus. Club. Another club. Another club. <laughs> Another club. No sleep. Um, but, uh, and then he asked specifically if I had hooked up with that friend. And I also planned ahead, and I told him. Because when I had gone to Oklahoma the December prior, he broke up with me twice over three days. And it was Jesus. like, like, first of all, who do you think I'm meeting in Oklahoma? <laughs> Yeah. No shade to Oklahoma. Love Oklahoma City, but like also. Like yeah. Let's come be on. Realistic. Come on. Um, yeah. Although I did meet one really nice guy in Oklahoma. Um, he was very <laughs> nice. He showed me around, and sh- and pointed me to a drag show. Um, so we love him. Um, <laughs> but I told him like I'm not doing this. Like you break up with me, we're done. Yeah. This is not a trip to go to my friend's wedding in Oklahoma. This is like a $10,000 trip to Europe where I'm seeing people that I haven't seen since 2019. Yeah. We're not doing this. Um, And he asked me if I had hooked up with my friend and I said that I had and he broke up with me and I was like, great, we're done. And then he tried to backpedal and I was like, nope, I told you. We're not doing this. Right. So here are a couple of shady things. I ended up breaking up with him out of nowhere from a foreign country over text. Mm. <laughs> while, e- while eating the strangest breakfast I've ever had in my life. Um, what was, was the like, breakfast? It was like eggs and locks on a glazed donut. That's, well, put a, uh, put a bagel on it. Instead of a donut, and then I can see I can see something there. That's what they do yeah. here in New York. That's what they do in normal places. Yeah. This was like a weird hipster but like, cafe. I don't know about here. a donut though. Donut, donut sounds a little bit. It went well, actually. Like a lot of the breakfast that I had on that trip, like it was like very like sweet, savory. It was yeah. really good because I had like similar situations in Bilbao, which are like, yeah. which also I mean. It was a little disappointing because, like, my favorite thing about breakfast in France, especially during the summer, is the apricot, is the apricot jam. Um, oh, it's so good. My thing is, right. like, the croissants. They're so flaky and just buttery and just delicious. I know. all the I, I, I love a French breakfast because it's just bread. I can't wait to go to <laughs> France again in August. Uh, uh, I'm I going... think we're going to go, yeah. No, I'm Are not you going actually... to get... No, I'm not actually going to France. I'm going to Disney World, but they have a friend section there. <laughs> All right, you're going for your birthday, aren't you? I am, yeah. I forget yeah. that we're both. You're an August Leo, right? Yeah, August 3rd. 
they're like I right after me a week apart yeah yeah we're a week apart yeah um that's exciting mm-hmm. um and you're going with the boyfriend i am Last time we last time we I'm spoke, so I have I was broken up with someone, and then now I'm, I have a boyfriend now. To be fair, we've been dating for eight months, so it's not like we rushed into anything. Um, so, no, and you know. um, it's a nice change for you because he's hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he's very. Not, he's I don't want to shade your eyes. <laughs> he's very. He's very, very, very handsome. Yes. I really like. We're just quick aside because it's kind of a dark episode. Yeah. I'm really happy for you, and I really like him oh, for you. you. You seem so happy with him. It's, um, it's the most fun I've ever had in a relationship. Because, like, literally, regardless of anything, like, when anybody starts dating, like, you do, especially, like, amongst friends, like, you hear negatives. Mm-hmm. The only negativity I heard from you about him was just, like, not super knowing where it was going. Yeah. And yeah. being concerned. And even then, I was sort of, like... I can tell you from 6,000 miles away, not 6,000, um, yeah. 2,500 probably. 25, yeah. Whatever, let me be dramatic, 6,000. Um, <laughs> we're Leos, we're allowed to be dramatic. <laughs> I think 6,000 is actually France. Um, yeah. But um, no, like, I can tell you from the other side of the country, like, this person is, like, clearly into you. I can show you the actions he's doing that are telling you that he's into you. He, he texted me and he was like, Oh, I went to the market and I got this for you for whenever you're over. So he got he got like because he has like a nice little like coffee maker. So he got me like the vanilla pods because I like the vanilla I like I like vanilla coffee. So he got me like the vanilla pods and then he got me tahine for whenever we make drinks. And then he's like that feels oh, racist. <laughs> no, it, it, I, it could be deemed that way, but like I put. I put tahini on everything, so it's more of a, like, uh, I put it on everything, so he knows that I like There's... it. There's, so, like, growing up with, like, a lot of Mexican kids in L.A., mm-hmm. there's certain stereotypes that ring true. They, there, Oh, no, there is. I, I, I can admit to them. <laughs> uh, but we're allowed to say them and no one else. <laughs> exactly. It's, like, tahini and, like, citrus fruits yep. were what I noticed. Yep, citrus fruits. Um, like, oranges, lemons, limes. No, so another quick aside, my mom um, taught at my middle school, which is, like, predominantly Mexican. Really? Like, a lot of, like, first-gen anchor children, mm-hmm. now dreamers, like, yeah, that vibe. Like, nobody that I went to middle school with had been here, like, their fam- none of their families had been here for more than a generation. My mom used to do tutoring after school, and they pr- would provide snacks, and every time there were oranges, right away gone mm-hmm. and one time one of her students looked over at her dead in the eye and said you can tell we're a bunch of mexicans because the oranges just fly yeah i i used to i i love oranges and i used to love putting salt on the orange and i would just like suck the orange it's so good so basically uh bootleg lucas yeah it's so good it's so good yeah it is i mean it's lucas not good is for like... your... It's not good for your teeth, but it's good. It tastes good. Okay, no, real quick. Can we just talk about how Lucas is just, like, underappreciated in the U.S.? It is. It is. Um, Because, again, like, growing up in L.A., like, that's also a lot of, like, what I grew up around. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it's so good. Yeah, but he got you tahin. That's so sweet. Yeah, he got me tahin, <laughs> and, yeah, he just, like, he just does things that are, like, super thoughtful. 
um and not that i i didn't have that before it's just um i i find myself like enjoying like laughing more like I, I find myself not taking things so seriously every time when we have a disagreement he's like hey alex like this is what i noticed don't do it again if you can't please uh like, you know like i want to have to like remind you and i'm like got it like you know like it's yeah. very it's very easy and i was like wow i never realized and i get anxiety from it just because i'm like is it supposed to be this easy like it's so easy why is it so easy it is <laughs> It's supposed to be easy, and, like, honestly, I mean, no relationship, regardless of, like, what kind of relationship it is, is easy. Maintaining any sort of relationship between two people. Yeah. Who, I mean, like, you know, different backgrounds, because he's from the East Coast, isn't he? Yeah, he's from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so, like, whenever you're dealing with, like, two people from, like, even marginally different backgrounds and, like, Mm -hmm. different upbringings, like, you're going to have conflicts and stuff. But those conflicts should not define your relationship. Yeah. Whether that's a friendship, whether that's, like, a romantic relationship. And that was actually, like, you know... I had questions about your ex, honestly. Yeah. Which, I mean, glass houses, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know... That's that's a topic for another podcast. (laughs) Um, But you do just see... The last thing I want to, like, say about this is, like, you seem considerably happier now than when I met you. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm very, I, I'm very, very happy. I'm very, I, I really enjoy where it's going. I really enjoy just being silly with him and like, we'll literally be at Target and he'll just start like, like, he'll just like burst in a song and then I'll just join him. <laughs> I've, I've never done that with someone because I always like, oh, this is awkward. Like, but it's just, it's just, that's how it is. And yeah. it's just so, and then we just fall right into it, like, and then sometimes I feel like we're on the same page, we're just we don't realize it, like, until like he's like, hey, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, sure. And then he'll be like, I'm feeling this. I'm like, oh my god, I've been feeling the same way too, and I was about to talk to you about it. Like, it's like that. You're on the same, you're on the same page, and with like different languages, just like yeah. different translations of the same book. Yeah. So um, it's, it's nice. I like that. I love yeah. that for you. Thank it, you. It, it it does make me happy oh, seeing you. you. <laughs> Um, and like, especially now that you're official, like all of your tweets and stuff, they're so cute. I love them. Yeah. They're, yeah, we're, we're official and yeah, it was just, it was in the way that it came up to be, I was just like, Hey, I just wanted to ask where we're going. He's like, well, we're boyfriends. Right. And I'm like, okay. And that was that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I, I mean, it was like a little the bit, most... there was, there was, there was more conversation behind it, but I think the conversation had kind of already been leading up because we already we had already discussed that we we were not he didn't want an open relationship I didn't either so we like those things we had been discussing as we were getting to know each other, you know. That's so. not computing for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I but know. Also, I told you this, um, and I'm going to say this publicly so that I will be able to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. If you come to LA without him again, we're no longer friends. I, he loves LA, so I'm gonna have to bring him along. I'm gonna. I just. I think this. I mean, I don't know when we'll go, but um, this trip that I'm taking for my birthday is my last trip before, because I I, sp- I just paid like six thousand dollars on credit card bills today. Um, yeah. And I was like, I need to take a break. And then I'm also like booking like one of the most expensive hotels for Disney, because I'm like, I'm just gonna do it, because I just want to. Go for it. And just, wait, how old are you? I'm thirty. If you want to say publicly, I'm thirty-five. Yeah, I'm about, yeah. I'm about to be 36. 
You don't age. I can't. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I'm about to be 36. So. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, have you been to Disney World before? I have. Last time I went. Oh, I right. Went, I went with someone who was. I was somewhat seen, but we were not official, but we went on a trip together. And then he was on Grinder the entire time we were together. And I was like. No. And I was like, the next time I come to Disney World, I want to. I want to be, I want to come with my partner because I want to like do the all like the cutie shit that people do. Like the yeah. gays do at Disney. And you I mean the things that we all like, the things we all talk shit about, but, but we secretly want exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and obviously, which is funny, like my last relationship, I didn't get to do any of that because anytime I would go to Florida, it would be for family. And I was like, Hey, I want to go to Disney World. And it was always like, it's too expensive. It's too hot. It's too this. There was always an excuse as to why, we couldn't go. You never went to Disney World with your ex who you were frequently going to Florida with? Nope. And I and I asked so many times, like, hey, can we go? Like, I would love to go to Disney. Like, that's one of the things, like, can we go for my birthday? I mean, this is a topic for a, a, top, a discussion for another day, but it was just always like, no. Like, or it was like, oh, no, it's not in the cards, blah, blah, blah. We never traveled internationally. Um, and then so this year I was like, I don't want to do anything, but I just want to go to Disney World. Like, I don't care who comes if anything i'll just go by myself because i just really want to go and yeah. um i know it was around the time that i started dating ryan well ryan ryan's name uh ryan you're I, on good terms you can yeah. say his name no well it's just on social media so i'm like it's fine yeah. and uh and i asked him, like would you i would love for you if you came but i understand if you think it might be too much or too soon whatever um but we've been we were i mean we started dating in november we started like so it's been like what seven months? We're going on eight months now. So I think it's more than appropriate now. And now because you were, were chatting, you had you started chatting with him while you were here last, didn't you? Yeah, when not in October. Yeah. When I was when I saw you last. Yeah, when you went to roast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. What a weird weekend that was, which is a good segue. It's a good segue, yeah. That was the first time that I had seen it, the ex outside of court. I remember, I remember we went to, we were at, uh, where were we? Um, that bar, uh, that you took yeah. me to, what was it called? So we had started at beaches and then I was like, okay, let's go over to high tops. Cause I tops, yes. I was like, low key, the best drinks in WeHo, mm-hmm. um, like consistently. Yeah. Walk in immediately see him. Mm-hmm. I remember. And walk out. <laughs> yep. And I had seen him the night prior. Um, cause I don't go to WeHo, but a friend of mine was in town from San Diego, which like, I don't, weird vibes. Cause you were there, you were here, Steve and them were here. Mm-hmm. And then another friend of mine from New York was here. And so I was with my friend, San Diego friends, at high tops actually. Mm-hmm. And I saw that my friend from New York was at the Abbey. And so I was like, oh, Hey, I'm going to go meet. I'm going to go say hi to them real quick. Yeah. Um, on my way, the only time of the night that I was alone, I'm walking down the street and somebody just sort of like, does like the hey, the head nod. Mm-hmm. And I did it back because honestly, like, generic white boy number five, chances are we hooked <laughs> up, whatever. Right. Um, And then I look to his left. And it was the X. Making his angry face. 
Well, yeah. So, oops. Um, which I got a little bit of a kick out of. Um, I thought it was funny because also like he makes his angry face a lot, but he doesn't make it very easily, like super yeah. easily. So like just only seeing me did not elicit that. That meant that he had been fighting. Yeah. Um, with the which new, is on with brand. The, with, the, with, um, the, with the new one. Yeah, and like that lasted all of two seconds. Um, Wait, did they break up? He's on boyfriend number two. Shut up. No. It hasn't even been a year. We're, we just completed the year. How is that? <laughs> we haven't even completed the year because technically we didn't break up until July. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he's on boyfriend number two. And his like relationships keep getting like progressively shorter. Well, um, I think his colors come out quicker now. And I think people are like, absolutely not. You know. But apparently this guy he's with right now is like just as unhinged as he is. Um, I've heard some things. Mm-hmm. So I think this one might work for him. Look, you know what? He needs a wasp. He comes from a similar background. He's never been held accountable for shit. Like, he needs to have that same kind of person. And I mean, like, not for nothing. Like, actually, no. Let's get into the racism of it all. Um, when we got Let's together, it was it. immediately... <laughs> um, it was immediately after... Uh, it was immediately after the only person of color... I mean, technically, I guess I'm kind of a person of color... I mean, I mean, I'm Japanese, be... but technically the color that I am is white. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm the color white. Um, but uh, no. So, and he was he had become friends with his ex's ex. Yeah. And they were talking one morning, like towards the beginning, we were in bed, and he's like, "Oh, I see you found a nice white boy." And I was like, "Haha, I thought it was a joke. Whatever." And then he'd also become he'd also been friends with Heidi in Closet, um, the uh, the the drag queen from season twelve of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and also the amount of self control that I have not tweeting about this and tagging her is like I feel like I deserve an award. <laughs> um, but uh, and he was like she wanted to like hook up and she wanted to date, but like she's not my type. And I was like I didn't question why she wasn't his type. Yeah. And then after the fight, we were talking... Okay, so actually, after the first time we broke up, he came to a warehouse party that he knew I would be at the night after the breakup. Right. He saw me getting fucked on the dance floor, and he saw me getting fucked in a dark room. Um, which also, if you're my family listening, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> and actually, so I was in a sling in the dark room, which again, didn't happen. I've never been missing in my life. Um, allegedly. 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 <laughs> and I was also allegedly um, in a bit of a K-hole. Um, so and so I was like stumbling time. getting out of the sling. <laughs> you're, you're, you're I was. A good and somebody grabbed my hand and I thought it was a guy who just like allegedly been fucking me. Yeah. Um, and so I grab it and all of a sudden out of nowhere, out of the darkness, I see the ex's like creepy rolling face lunge at me. And was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. But one of the guys that had fucked me that night was black. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it had come up at a later date after the fight where he had tried to kill me. And he said, yeah, I don't really like black guys. And I was like, 
Wow. And then I was like, okay, why? They smell weird. I'm like, yeah, that that's. Uh, <laughs> I that's not shocking nor surprising, <clears throat> but it's just an awful thing to say. And like, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. And like he's just just stereotyping a group of people, specifically black people, specifically black men, specifically when there's already a stick, there's already like that. What is that called? Um, Racism. That yeah, the stigma. Ra- not the stigma, <laughs> but there's also like it's already that 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 trope, right? Like um, yeah. Which is rooted in racism, obviously. It's just not. Because, right. like, also everyone smells different because we all use different products. Exactly. Um, you know, and if you want to talk about a black person smelling different, it's probably, like, sometimes, you know, moisturizers. That would cause a white person to break out. Right. But, um, no. Like, and I, I mean, tell you that I, I, ha- I have people that are, and I won't label every single white person, like, but there's people specifically europeans that i work with that who sometimes i'm like i'm just gonna step away for a little bit but i'm not going around saying all europeans are like that (laughs) you know honestly like and like the thing about it is like a lot there were like a lot of microaggressions but i do sort of overlook microaggressions especially if they're like anti-asian because like there's a level of ignorance that's not necessarily excusable but if it's not coming from a place of hate, it's coming from a place of just, like, not knowing. Yeah, of course. Ignorance, That's different than... Yeah. yeah. But eventually the ignorance builds up to a point where it's like, this isn't ignorance. This is... And if it is ignorance, it's willful, it's willful ignorance, which is almost worse. Right, because at, in this day and age, being on social media, having all of that information, seeing the news, knowing what the conversations are like nowadays when surrounding race and surrounding black people surrounding hispanic people any type of any type of people would that come with the uh that are that are you know either black or poc like you should yeah you are willfully ignoring it and like you know when it comes to like the nice white boy comment regarding his ex like it's something that i have actually spoken to his ex about and i like fully apologize because there's a level of complicity there not calling it out in the moment and that it was like a learning lesson for me because also I come from a space where I don't assume I don't necessarily assume racism sometimes where right. you know because enough people in my life are not racist that I just sort of you know because there is a difference between saying racist things because you don't know any better mm-hmm. and like actually like harboring negative feelings and all right. towards a group of people right and then it became clear to me that that, that 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 was what that was. Yeah. Also, he wanted a nice white boy. No one told him how the fuck Irish and Japanese people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not English. We don't... We we, we fight back. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, God. This conversation is going to be canceled. Um, But... No, like, there was, like, a level of racism there that, like, became clear, particularly towards the end, and, like, also, like, upon reflection, where it's, like, some of the comments that I overlooked, and, like, this is, like, I'm complicit here, and I, you know, I accept responsibility for that. 
Yeah. Where like certain things he said, I'm like, oh, okay. Like now in hindsight. Yeah. I, I, mean, sh- I should have pushed back. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, there's, there's a sense of awkwardness cause you're not like, you shouldn't, you know what to do, but it feels weird doing what you normally feel like should come natural because of the fact that like, this is someone who you're not thinking could be saying these things. Like, I had something similar. I always push back, which is why me and the first, last person I was with were always kind of, like, butting heads in the beginning because yeah. I felt like I had to teach them a lot about what things were okay to say or what what things weren't okay to say is what I'm trying to say. Uh, because there was yeah. a lot of well, – there was a lot of not willful ignorance, but there was a lot of ignorance because they just did not know that, that, was a, that certain things were offensive. And I had to be like, hey, what you said here was offensive. Or, hey, what you did here was a little bit like this. He's like, really? And then their natural response of a person who's white is to be like, no. Like, you're just taking it the wrong way. It's like, or you could just take the time to listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. And I mean, like, for me, like, when I've been called out, it's been initial, like, sort of, A, like, denial and B, sort of, Mm -hmm. well, no. Like, and, like, fighting back. And then it takes I take two seconds to reflect and it's like whether that person is still there or not, it's sort of, you know, there are actionable items there. Right. But also I have never been in a situation where I've really, other than like, you know, sometimes people of an older generation, like in my family right. will say shit, but I'm comfortable calling them out in the moment. Right. Right. You know, but I've never been in a situation like socially where like something has happened. And I've had to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And, like, actually, like, looking back on it, going back to, like, that comment about the nice white boy, like, especially given, like, my background, where it's, like, not even just, like, I grew up around large Latinx communities, like, my cousins are half Peruvian, the only grandfather that I knew was Mexican, like, I, they're also, like, actual family, and I should have known better. Yeah. I should have called it out in that moment. Of course. Um, and I don't fully remember what I said or if I said anything, but I do know, like, in that moment, I did not do what I should have done, what I needed to have done. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's in the past and I know a bit better now. And listen, that's, 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 that sometimes, uh, I was talking to my roommate the other day and she was telling me, she was like, listen these these moments are meant to teach you something whether you don't think of of it like that in the moment when you look, kind of reflect now you 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 always learn something from you know from what you yeah. go through you know and especially because like in a broader cultural sense conversations are changing in this space mm-hmm. and so i feel like especially i mean i embrace like being japanese as a large part of who i am but at the same time like the way that I interact with the world is as, a white, is as a white person. Right. And so it is sort of me learning how to act with that. And also, from my perspective, also as an Asian American, it's something that we don't really call out for ourselves. Right. Which was like actually a large conversation happening around the time of like the anti-Asian attacks. It's mm-hmm. just like not something that A, Asians acknowledge and B, like push back on, have ever pushed back on. Right. And part of that is like a cultural thing where we don't really talk about shit. Mm-hmm. 
but also sort of a subservience thing in a society built for others. Yeah. And where also, quite frankly, Asians have been excluded from the have long been excluded from conversations around race. Yeah. Um, until it became got to the point where there were like there was actual violence. Yeah. Um, at that point, there silence was no longer an option, and so like navigating that as an Asian person is also sort of complicated. Um, anyway, I don't know where we were. Um, <laughs> well, you were talking about how the ex would, was, would say things that were deemed willfully ignorant and yeah. borderline, well, racist. Well, I think I actually talked to you about, like, a lot of the microaggressions mm-hmm. as it, with, like, anti-Asian microaggressions, mm-hmm. which is, like, wild. I don't know why you would be saying these things in front of an Asian person, but... I think sometimes people feel comfortable because maybe they're like, oh, they know me well enough to know that I'm just joking, you know? And sometimes it's beyond that. They need to be, people need to be more mindful as to what they say because you, the person you're saying it to might be okay with it, but you, you might one day say it around someone who's not okay with it and then that's, you know. Yeah, and even from like a perspective, if I like actually liked him, I right. I wouldn't want him saying those things in front of strangers because like right, it's not gonna go well for him. Yeah. Although maybe I will tag him. Maybe I will post this and tag him and tag her. Um, but <laughs> we're still not out of the petty stage. Um, just clip, just clip the clip, and then just be like, FYI, <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm I'm writing down the timestamp. Um, <laughs> but uh. You think I'm joking? Um, no, I, I saw you writing. I know you're not joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the last year has been like actually really difficult for me because like honestly I've not really been functioning. Yeah. And like I have been talking to you and like yeah. you're actually the person that I wanted to do this with because you do. There are maybe like three other people yeah. that have like the full insight into what I've been going mm-hmm. through over the last year. Yeah. Because you are actually one of my only friends that. You and Rafi mm-hmm. are the only two friends of mine who actually knew me in the relationship. Yeah. And you probably know the most, like, because, like I said, like, I've lost, like, a lot of friends. I've lost, like, yeah. a lot of acquaintances. Um, And, like, I've been, there was a two or three month stretch where I, the PTSD was so bad, I was not functioning. Yeah. Which, again, like, also, if we're going to bring it back around to, like, the social aspect, it really did hinder my ability to build relationships because I'd be talking to somebody and I would be unable to commit to doing anything with them. Or if I did, a lot of times I'd have to cancel because, like, I'm on the floor in my bathroom. Like, honestly, like, one of the ways that, like, my anxiety has always sort of manifested itself is through nausea. Right. Um, and it has gotten to the point over the last year where I've started throwing up. Like, it's moved past just the nausea. Um, and so, like, I'm having to cancel something because I'm literally on the floor in my bathroom, unable to get up. Honestly, like, thinking about to, like, fucking throw up if I do. Like, it's... How do you explain that to a stranger? Right. How do you say, sorry, I'm on the floor of my bathroom having a panic attack because my ex tried to fucking kill me. Right. 
it's not something that is easily that you can easily convey in like a text message you know no and so it's like and even if i did it's like an oh sure Mm -hmm. because i mean that's not normal that's not a thing that happens to people right i mean it is but you know it's not it it, it's it's normal in the sense that it's a real thing that people with trauma and ptsd go through it's very real um and like how do you how do you explain it yeah to someone who's never experienced it yeah they won't they won't understand it yeah and like it has like honestly like also sort of hampered a lot of like my personal professional development over the last year because i'm even if i'm not on the floor in the bathroom like about to like vomit like i'm not doing well like i'm not and i mean still like a year on like i'm still having these responses which i mean have been prolonged by filing the restraining order and having to see him in court and have been prolonged by his friend fucking punching me and breaking my nose at a pool party i remember that yeah and like other shit just like happening like it you know um and i mean like over the last few weeks knowing that this like anniversary is coming up i've been back to just like almost daily breakdowns now and so is there something that triggers you like like that like that is there something that's like triggering you like daily that because i I mean aside from the fact that it's the one year but is there anything else that like might be triggering you on your day-to-day that you see that you're like ah fuck what i noticed is that there are like the normal stressors of like my everyday life and like Mm -hmm. my life as it is right now but my reaction has been heightened Mm -hmm. so something that would normally trigger me and like i would be fine in a couple of seconds is triggering me and i'm not coming out of it i'm spiraling yeah um so like even just like mild inconveniences i'm you know breaking down over yeah someone took too long on a machine it made me late getting home it made me later than usual getting home from the gym and then i had to go get gas and now i'm like fucking sobbing and hyperventilating in my car like it's like a series of events like that kind of it's like one after another yeah because it's keeping me in this space like in this already heightened space Mm mm-hmm to where if anything else happens yeah it there's no recovering yeah um and i feel like i felt like for a minute before like the feeling started coming back that i had been i had sort of gotten through the worst of it i was on a new med for the ptsd um, because at a certain point it started making me like physically ill. Like I was starting to like actually get sick. Oh. Um, and they finally had to prescribe me something. Cause another dynamic, my therapist didn't want me going on a med for my PTSD. Um, he also didn't inform me of my PTSD diagnosis, 
which like this is something that like I do need to sort of address um so I was going without meds for the majority of last year and so I had no I had really like no mitigation at all um which is part of why like everything was so heightened because I now have this on top of my existing PTSD diagnosis mm-hmm. on top of my existing bipolar diagnosis. Sorry. I can't even get a, keep them straight. I am now dealing with the PTSD brought on by this like unhinged moment in my life. Right. And you know, I'm starting to do better. I feel, I feel like I'm starting to find my footing again but you know between just sort of like that heightened state of existence because of my PTSD and like you know feeling like I'm having these social problems and going back to where he was blaming me for everything going on with him socially as his friends were like fucking bullying me and he was gaslighting me about it and he was gaslighting me about the way that they were like trolling my Twitter to find things like instigate fights over like you know and when, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm feeling like I don't have any friends here. And then that starts playing in the back of my mind as well. Like, that's not... It's not a fun time. Yeah. And, like, so for, like, context, I really don't feel like I have friend friends in L.A., they're like one or two people. I have people who are excited to see me when they see me out. I have people that are happy to come to me for help, which I'm always like happy to help. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, they're not hitting me up to go out or anything. And they're also not the people when I have problems, I'm texting. Right. When I'm feeling a certain way. I'm texting you. I'm texting my friend in Paris, mm-hmm. Charlotte, like yeah. Olympia. Like I'm not texting people that I have in LA because I don't feel like I have anybody that I can text in LA. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in those moments where I'm like not feeling great and it's like, who am I going to text? And the people coming to mind are not in LA again. Like it's hitting in that same point where I'm, you know, I was blamed for the social problems that he was having. Right. And it's like, is there actually something wrong with me? Is there actually something wrong with the way that I'm interacting with people? Um, which I mean, sounds dumb, but you know, it's something that still sort of sits with me and still sort of impacts the way that I think about myself, the way that I interact with the world, the way that I interact with people socially. I'm yeah. second guessing myself. Yeah. It's because the way that he, the way that he, treated you and the way that he badgered you about blaming you for those things after a while that shit gets to you so and it it's, it's hard to get rid of that even a, even after they're gone it's hard to get rid of that feeling because like when i the night that i tried to kill myself i which i'm gonna have to add a fucking trigger warning yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it was because like we were out at a bar with a couple of friends and I felt like one of them was acting weird with us. Right. And it was, well, we're running out of friends. You're pushing everyone away, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Hey, I was telling, saying like, 
hey, like, let's leave or, like, go somewhere else, leave them, you know, be. Yeah. Um, turns out I was right. They had had a fight earlier in that night, and they were acting weird. <laughs> See? That's the Leo intuition. You always know when something's brewing, when even when no one yeah. says anything. And I was like, okay, I... I and it was, you know, it was just sort of like an awkward, mo- like it was an awkward moment with like the, those two friends. And I was like, let's separate ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then it turned into this that fight of like, you're ruining everything. You're, you know, you're pushing all my friends away. Like we have no one to hang out with anymore. And it's like, once I was better, it was like, no, you're losing friends. Yeah. I've already lost mine. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can't get me <laughs> <laughs> because you're a dick to them. Yeah. Um, luckily, I didn't lose the friends that were the most important friends. Yeah. But, you know, it's still. No, it's, it's anyway, it's not fun. It's not a fun feeling to have. And it's not a fun feeling when someone who's who's abusive and manipulative is the one telling you these things over and over and over again to the point where you believe it because they want you yeah to believe it. they they and... want you to be the reason why things are happening to them and it's not never yeah. them taking accountability for what they're doing it's it's oh this is happening to me why well, it must be this person doing it because x y and z you know because he's like he exhibits a lot of symptoms of like narcissistic personality disorder, which I have a really hard time saying because I lisp. But, um, you know, and that is sort of like one of the um, that is sort of a symptom, sort of maintaining control by sort of belittling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know it all too well. <laughs> I know you low key dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Which I noticed from the outside, but I did not notice from the inside of my relationship. Um, yeah. But we're had, getting, like, inching towards the end, and I want to, like, make things a little bit positive. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, the intention was not to be, like, dark or, like... The intention is never to drag him. It just sort of happens. Um, uh, well, you, you should be able to tell your truth and what you experience with without having to look at it in a way that is like, Oh, I'm dragging him because that's the thing is, that's what happened. That's what happened. And I, as someone, as, as your friend, I can vouch for it because I remember vividly those text messages after everything we mentioned here happened. So, (laughs) yeah. And it's just, you know, I am like actually starting to get to a bit of a better place. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still shit going on around me. There's still shit going on in my life that I'm like struggling to cope with, but they're becoming less and less colored by the relationship. Yeah. And, you know, after getting out of the relationship and speaking to the other exes and like sharing experiences, which like also live your life in a way that your exes don't have a fucking support group. (laughs) Yeah. That 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 is odd. Um, I was about to say to you too. Have you thought about joining like a gay men's group therapy? Because I I'm in one and I and I recommend it. But then I'm like, you might already have one if you're in cahoot. Like if you're like talking to his ex boyfriend. 
And it's really cute. So the one that I've like built like the stronger relationship with, mm-hmm. he doesn't live in LA anymore because he was running away from the ex. Mm-hmm. What what did they um, live? Or sh- oh, can we not say? Um, I can. I'll give. The, they live up in NorCal, like a small got town it. in NorCal. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, where they have a little farm going, they got their ducks. It's really cute. Like they're living like like, he seems happy. Oh, that's cute. And so now, not only do I have somebody that I can talk to that knows what I went through, mm-hmm. because he's also the one where one night after a fight, he was up on the roof about to jump before his mom called. Oh my god, that's so awful. Which also, like thinking about, like this is really the first time that I thought about that in detail, and really upsets me because, like, yeah. I really, really like him. Yeah. He's a really, really nice guy. Um. He loves ducks. And so now, not only do I have that relationship that I can talk to him about shit, I have ducks in my feed. <laughs> That's cute. That's so cute. That's so cute. I love ducks. Um, and, you know, it's also telling the fact that, like, he's had two, like, longer-term relationships within in that, like, year. Meanwhile, I'm still recovering from his behavior, and like you can talk about, you can talk in circles about how terrible I was to you, which I mean, I'm sure I pulled some shit that I shouldn't have. I'm not thinking of it at the moment because, again, like, you know, looking back on memories, memories are always going to be colored by your own experience. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that I'm still here breaking down and trying to like deconstruct a lot of that damage. Mm-hmm he immediately got back into the dating pool. I mean, like, and it happened to the previous relationship, too. Yeah. But the thing is, he's... The, the, I was going to say, the one thing you have to look at it is this way. Like, yes, you might be, uh, you know, you, you are still struggling, but you're figuring your shit out and you're, you're learning from... You're learning from the experience, uh, as awful as it was, and you're taking the moment to heal. He's getting... He's in a second relationship after you with less than a year he's not learning anything so he's gonna keep repeating those same patterns and that's like one of the things that i did notice in the relationship when he talked about his previous relationships everyone else is a reason for the breakdown Mm -hmm. whereas like i had someone who gaslit me to fucking hell and i can still tell you the toxicity that i brought into that space it wasn't a relationship we were never official yeah it was like four months um but you know like i i can tell you like he was gaslighting me and like it was driving me fucking insane i started losing my crafts on reality yeah but you know i can also say i was not healthy i was not in a good place i was not handling things well i was coming at him with aggression i was coming at him with toxicity it wasn't like a he was funneling toxicity into the situation i was there too i was an active participant Mm mm-hmm and I guess like I can look back and say like I didn't handle things well and I probably should have left the relationship a lot sooner than I did. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely should never have gotten back with him. Yep. Um, you know, I can say like, you know, I perpetuated the fights, honestly. Mm-hmm. He'll never own up to having to having any role in those fights. Yeah. He was the, he was the victim. Have, he was a victim. He was always a victim. And it was not just he was always a victim with me. He was always a victim with the guy before me, the guy before that, and the guy before that. Yeah. Which none of us are innocent. No. And that's, you know, but 
it takes two people for a relationship to break down. Mm-hmm. You know, I've accepted my role in the breakdown of our relationship. Kind of. I'm still trying to examine what my role in that was. Well, it takes it takes some time when, especially when, I mean, from my point of view, there was a lot of manipulation going on towards you because I saw a lot of the things that were happening to you. You know, I can I, I, I was recognizing a lot of things that were happening to me at the same time, not in the same in the same vein, but there was a lot of similarities that I feel like we kind of went through in that same moment. So obviously no one's perfect in my last relationship. I was at fault for so many things too. Um, and it's for me, I, it took going to therapy for myself to recognize where my blockage was. Um, and so, yeah, but at the end of the, but at the end of the day, like regardless of who, like not who did what, but regardless of like what, you what your quote-unquote role was into that that doesn't excuse everything else that they did to you you know yeah and like but yeah i do think it's sort of telling that like after all the fights i accept your responsibility for yelling and like you know maybe taking things too far on that front yeah um i never received an apology for anything he did I, you know, there was never any sort of acceptance of fault. Right. Um, And I mean, also not for nothing, I think he actually had the last hearing for the restraining order with the last relationship after we had already met. Yeah. And he brought his boyfriend at the time to the court, to court with my restraining order. Jesus. that yeah the fact that you already like he has from what i've counted two restraining orders against his ex-boy that would that would give me a reason as someone dating him to like run <laughs> like it's like why do you have two restraining orders against you you know two, two restraining orders and two exes who had tried to kill them who had tried to kill themselves Jesus, that's um so you know and like honestly part of why i'm doing this is i think it'll help provide closure for me because it does yeah this is the first time that i have laid everything out publicly yeah it's sometimes it's good to just talk about it and kind of just put it out there yeah it's no longer inside you it's like you're kind of like okay i've talked about it i've you know and like you know i am starting to get better i'm starting to sort of reach a healthier place the last few weeks are not an example of that um yeah but you know, I do feel like I'm starting to sort of, because like another, and like this also is going into my professional life and like, I'm starting a class on Monday to sort of shift careers. Oh, okay. Which I'll talk to you about after. Okay. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> tell, tell um, me, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I wasn't able to explore anything like that. I didn't even feel comfortable like taking background work because I felt like, you could very easily tell like he did not want me having my own really like life. He did not want me having like my own means. He didn't want me like, and you know, it's, 
something that I sort of noticed in the moment, but didn't think too much of that now looking back on, I'm like, so much of my life was stunted over that year that we were together, right. which also when I broke up with him, one of the things he said was, um, we're almost at a year. Don't you want to try to make it to a year? And I'm like, You tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna be like, okay, let's just let's just wait till midnight. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and also the day that I broke up with him, he had a court date for um, he was challenging the restraining order from the ex. Didn't work. Also, last time I saw him was at a party. He didn't know that I knew his exes. I don't think. Oh. Wow. And so I was talking to the ex right before me, who has the restraining order, and I was like, oh, I heard he was. It was a warehouse party that had gotten shut that had gotten shut down, and had moved to a club in Hollywood, um, because mm-hmm. Blessed Madonna was spinning. Um, which oh my god, I got to see Blessed Madonna. How fun. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was talking. I was like, oh, I heard he was at the warehouse, and he goes, he's here now, and I'm like, what? And he goes, turn around. A few feet away from me, I turn around. He is snarling, like he is rest because not only was the other ex there not only was i there we were there and we were speaking to each other and having a full-on conversation in front of him that that must oh that must have pissed him off (laughs) yeah um but you know it is what it is i think i think sooner or later he's going to have to come to the realization that he has he has to atone for everything he did and he has to make a change within himself because otherwise he's going to keep repeating those patterns and it's unfortunate that someone else might be the next victim to what you and his other ex went through you know because you guys I mean we so the conversation really has been like he is going to kill somebody someday Mm -hmm. and like i honestly actually thought about pressing charges i didn't want to go through it i didn't want to have to relive it i didn't want to have to talk about it it's tough it's tough to have to go go through it again and you know if i can get him to stay the fuck away from me that's for my peace of mind all i need yeah and one of the considerations, like, when I was thinking about pressing charges was, like, I wanted to protect someone else from having to go through this. Yeah. And then it just turned into a question of, like, is that my job? Right. Is that my, is it my job to relive what happened if I can live? a sort of sane, like, safe-ish life away from him. Yeah. Is my peace worth that? And it's still something that I do struggle with now. Like, we do sort of watch the relationships to make sure, like, you know, from afar. Yeah. To make sure, like, things aren't reaching the point that they reached with me or the ex before me. Right. But even then, like, what can you do? Like, what are you going to do? Like, pop into somebody's DMs and say, hey, your boyfriend is my ex. He tried to kill me. Like, watch out. Looks like things are going south for you. Yeah. You know? And when I talked to the exes, they were like, I knew you were going to reach out. It's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well. Oop. (laughs) 
I mean, and it's just, it's unfortunate. I, I think that's why it's important to talk about these things and make it public, you know? Once I'm through this, I do think, once I'm through like this, like little hiccup with my own mental health, I think I am ready to start dating again. Yeah. There are some guys that I've recently met that I could see actually having something with. Mm-hmm. But I can't be like, hey, like, let's try something. But also, I'm going to continue having breakdowns because my ex right. tried to kill me. Like, you know, yeah. no, you it's wanna... not a selling point. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not It's not so much that. I think it's more so that you you should take the time to heal as much as you... You should take as much as you need to heal to work... To continue working on yourself so that you can feel um, ready when you're ready to date you can feel ready to tackle on to tackle dating and you know and have fun with it but also if you do meet someone to you're you you're able to one assess the red flag if there aren't any red flags you'd be like nope not doing that but also like you're able to like have the tools to not repeat the same patterns as before um, that yeah. was my big thing too. Like when I started dating again, I was like, I do not want to repeat the same things. Like I do not want to repeat the same patterns that I went through. If I see an inkling of of something that reminds me of this, then I need to like either discuss it or I'm like, this isn't gonna work for me. <laughs> I've gotten better about that. Good. Because um, you knew the whole thing with my friend earlier this year. Yeah. Um. And he started gaslighting me, and I was like, nope. Yep. No round three. Yeah. It's gotten progressively worse. We're not We're not trying to die here. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. But, you know, I think... Wow, the plot's really gotten away from me here. But <laughs> I, I, I do think that this conversation was something that needed to happen, needed to happen yeah, and something that I, needed I to happen so. publicly. Because also a lot of my behavior, especially as of late, has been sort of erotic. And I think also this could sort of help explain some things to some people who maybe don't fully understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, and thank you for doing this with me. It really means a lot of to me. Of course. Anytime. I'm sorry I couldn't do the um, last one. I, I was so busy. <laughs> Were you busy or was you or were you with your boyfriend? I was, well, I was busy with my boyfriend, but um, and I was like, I was trying to like make it work for everyone, and then I was like, all right, I have a boyfriend now. I have to like manage my time better. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like under normal circumstances, when like stuff like that has happened, like it has bothered me. Yeah. But I mean, like what I told, I mean, like I wasn't like bullshitting or anything, like. There was no facade when that happened. I immediately told you, like, no, that's your priority. I like this guy. I want you. I want this to work. You look happy. Yeah. Like, yeah, thank you. That's the priority. That. Not a stupid little podcast is going to have like five people listen to it. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I and you know, I like see, I enjoy seeing you happy and I oh, enjoy seeing you. you with him. And yeah, it's... you'll get to meet him soon. I promise. But no, and listen, um, anytime you want to do a podcast, I'm always free. I uh, I will always make time for you as much as I can. Uh, this week has Thank been a little you. crazy with work and with everyone having a fucking birthday. Uh, <laughs> I know you have like five birthday parties. This weekend. I have five birthday parties this weekend and I'm already dreading every single one of them. Birthday parties aren't fun. It's not even birthday parties. It's like 
but the events and then like i have a i have a housewarming that i have to get to in a bit and then i have to go to my friend justin's get together at his house so i'm like going there first and then i'm coming back uptown to go to my friend justin's and then i can come home tomorrow i have to Do go I to know the justin park. uh you've never met him but he i posted i posted about him uh on my instagram for his birthday oh yesterday yes, yes okay no i don't know him okay yeah. so also you know for Gil. some context yeah i know Gil. i know joey yes um and like i know a few other people sort of in your orbit through social media yeah um he is not one of them the name that you just said um yes (laughs) (laughs) you and all these white people names i can't keep track justin ryan uh who else joey who else jeremy cameron so many there's a lot of j's there as well because your ex is also a j yeah. Um, yeah, so many J's. But, no, you have a lot on this weekend. Thank you for doing this for me. Of course. <laughs> I, I, Wait, I what day is it? Is it Friday? It's Friday. Oh. Yeah. I, you can I, tell where my mind is at. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, 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 I'm just, like, I'm exhausted. I, I've been waking up every day, like, at 5 in the morning to go to, like, to do, like, to go to stores and do, like, a bunch of stuff that we're doing, like, initiatives and... It's just been exhausting and then i'm just tired and now i all i've been wanting to do was like lay down and watch tv and i just haven't had a moment to do that and this weekend i'm not gonna have yeah. a, well i'm off on i'm off on monday so monday i'm gonna take the day to just do nothing which is great yeah and like also wait do you ever have to start early just because of the home office uh so when i work from home i start at nine when no i, I mean headquarters oh. for the business you work for no 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 no. usually i work okay so if i want to if i want to leave at five i'll go in at eight um, okay if i if they want us to do visits then i will go in earlier but then i'll leave earlier so and i'm always like i i'm like i i leave at the time that i'm supposed to i don't stay because everyone was like oh you're not gonna stay i'm like nope i work eight hours i'm doing my eight hours i did my eight hours from I was at this, I was at this location from seven in the morning. I'm leaving at four. Or I was at this location from eight in the morning. I'm leaving at five. I don't say extra. I'm, today I did because I was like, it was my fault. I was too. I was kind of more busy planning my vacation than I was uh, <laughs> working. So I stayed a little extra to finish stuff up. But normally I, I leave right away. Yeah. No. You have like probably like the healthiest relationship with work out of anyone I know. Yeah. As soon as I get home, like I forget you. about it. They do. They do. Because I do my job. Yeah. And you also work for a European com- company. Yeah. So there's like a little bit of that ethos. Yeah. Um, which I'm jealous. But <laughs> your job from like the outside honestly seems kind of fun because of like the industry that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be. Yeah. Um, but when I'm in it, I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to be at work today. Oh, and also, um, actually sort of similar, real quick, just last point. Mm-hmm. My ex tried to control my style to, like, honestly, an unhealthy degree. And, like, one of the things that I've really done post-relationship is really reestablish my own style. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I noticed with you, because all of a sudden somebody brought out the, like, bright pink jumpsuit yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is like my favorite article of clothing you own. I, I, um, I, I, it's in my closet right now. I love that outfit. It's so good. And you have like the blue one too. Like, yeah. 
you started like venturing out and like having fun with your style and stuff and like it honestly like brought me so much joy because oh thank you yeah you like <laughs> you looked co- you, it was honestly like the first time that i saw you in pictures and i was like oh he looks happy and confident here <laughs> like i was i ditched the skinny jeans i ditched the blazers like i don't wear like i'll wear like a leather jacket but like i ditched all of that because i'm like why like now i I, like i still have them but i'm like i can't wear that anymore like it does it doesn't feel like anymore (laughs) and i i have similar things where like there's some pants like some like jeans and stuff like i won't wear i still wear like almost all the tops he gave me because i mean like i'm wearing a top right now that he gave me that only professional tennis players had um that's a cute top thanks it's a good it's a good this outfit is like one of my favorite outfits um because i'm wearing like my like light blue skater jeans but like i'm but (laughs) <laughs> um no also like reasserting your style after a relationship is like really sort of like cathartic yeah it it definitely helped boost my confidence when i was like really like struggling mentally uh so I despite kinda, like, some comments mm-hmm. but that's okay because i know i, I i'm know, ready to fight I, <laughs> I, I i know what i wear looks good even if other people might not think so so everyone else thinks so it's yeah. fine i know i know but that, you know, yeah <laughs> i like what i wear i and i'm like exploring i like changing it up because i'm like i, I don't want to get boring there are moments where i'm like oh i'm kind of feeling like just wearing the same thing but then i'm like no let me switch it up because like today i wore like these i'm gonna show you i think you'll like these i wore these uh like cargo pink <gasps> uh like pants that are like very baggy which are I those from work and then I wore, I'm going to wear this again tonight because I don't want to have to like dress up. Because if I dress up, then I'm going to want to go out and I want to go out. Uh, and then I got this shirt. <gasps> and then I put it together with a leather jacket and it's like, that's it. Like, it's okay, cute. listeners, just, <laughs> so you can't see me, you just held up. He just held up a, a shirt, a t-shirt with like a graphic from the Barbie movie. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. Sorry, you just went full gay there. <laughs> <laughs> I get very excited about Barbie. I have two now. I have. I bought myself two Barbies now. I'm so. I that made me happy. Um, my little child. See, I never had. Yeah. Did you have GI Joes growing up though? No, I I I had one Aladdin doll. That got burnt. By my dad because I was they were making fun of me for playing with the doll, and I had like monster trucks and Legos. I had a lot of Legos growing up. Um, but. S- I never had a G.I. Joe. So I liked dolls, and I don't think my mom, like, limited me from having Barbies. Not that I remember. Mm-hmm. But what she bought bought me were, like, G.I. Joes, and I yeah. don't know if it was, like, an effort to masculinize me or she knew it was up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me show you really quick. They're so cute. Uh, so I bought one, and I was like, I'm just going to buy one, and then I saw the other one, and I was like, no, I'm going to buy both. So I bought... The one from the trailer, like, she's kind of just dressed. Yes. And then I bought this one. Uh, she's so I love. Pretty. Yeah, and I'm not She is so them. pretty. Yeah, I'm not opening them. I'm just going to put them on a shelf. And that's it. That's... I just want to have... I love that. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, also, you're not a child. What are you... You're not playing I'm with it. I'm not playing with it, no. But it's just there to look at, you know? Unless like... you're, like, one of those people that likes to, like, make, over... make dolls over, which... 
is I have fallen into that like category on YouTube and TikTok, and I live. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Yeah, but like I have and, like, like, little figurines like this. Like this is Wanda zombie. I love Wanda. that. Yeah, I got it in Japan. It's very cute. You got a lot of like cute shit in Japan. I, I forget how much of a nerd you are. I I, I really am. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> he so, came back decked out. <laughs> I really. Did. You came back decked out in like Mario well, no, shit the, in the, particular. The funny thing is, uh, one last thing, because I have to go soon, because I have to like. Leave, yeah. But, uh, when I was in my last relationship, uh, oh that's interesting. Oh my, my AirPods died. Great. Hold on one sec. Fun. Uh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So when I was in my last relationship, I, I liked a lot of these things still, but I was always like, you know, they're like, like, you're, you're this age, like you're too old. Like, come on. Like you're, you're like a little kid. Like, you know, it was kind of like a put down. And my ex did that too. Yeah. Yeah. And when the Barbie, when the Barbies came out from the movie, I was like, Oh, I, like I instantly i was like i want one like that was my like where my head went out and then i started going through like the motions like mm, you're an adult like blah, blah, blah. and i remember talking to my friends about it. i'm like what if i get one they're like get one and i was i texted ryan and i was like the new barbie movies just dropped and i'm obsessed and then he's and then he like got he like gate he did the little eye emoji like the because he knows he's like you're about to buy something aren't you because he knows me already <laughs> And then I was like, I kind of want one. He's like, you should get one. Like, he didn't put me down for it. He, like, celebrated me getting it, which I really I loved. mean, you also, yeah, I mean, you also bought him a PS5 for his birthday. So yeah, I mean... that too. But, <laughs> but, but like, he's like me. Like, he, he, like, he likes little things like that. And, like, the other, like, last week, we were just, like, laying on the couch in our underwear just playing video games. It was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> anyway. That, I love that's that. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> So I guess in, what I'm trying to say is find people who celebrate you regardless of how silly something you might want seems because those are the people that are worth sticking around. Yeah, which is, you know, finding someone to accept my crazy is going to be a task. But <laughs> <laughs> no, because I am intense for a lot of people. Like, and I know that about myself. Yeah. You know, I... I I party a lot. I have like sort of extreme interests. I, mm -hmm. you know, I sort of obsess over things. Like I, and I get excited over like dumb shit. Like yeah. I know that about myself. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I can find someone who's like down to go with me on a Monday night to like scream my lungs out because there's a drag queen blowing a fucking whistle with a, uh, with a life jacket on yeah. to a dance remix that my heart will go on. That's all I need. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for doing this with me. Of it course. really means a lot, especially given the fucking batshit week you've had and the batshit <laughs> yeah, weekend course. ahead of you. I, like I said, I will always make time for you. And if I can, I will let you know if I can't. <laughs> thank you. And thank you guys for listening to my rambling. Um, I do have an idea. I do know which direction I want to go in, so expect more actual content. Um, Wonderful. So... But thank you for listening and thank you for being here, Alex. Of course. Anytime.